Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Leanne DeSanto, and we are honored to have you with us today. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. And we are all about the whole person here at Rise Up For You. So if you haven't yet grabbed your free Becoming Your Best Self startup kit, you can text RISE PODCAST, that's all one word, RISE PODCAST, 279-7979, and we will get that link out to you, and you'll be supported both personally and professionally. Now, today's guest is Mary Hyatt. Now, Mary is a life and business mindset coach who specializes in helping high-achieving female entrepreneurs to move through this life of burnout to feeling completely connected to their own emotions, their body, their spirit. And what I love so much about our conversation today is that our own struggles as a coach is really what informs who we are meant to work with. And that was just a real important part of our conversation and you will love it. Mary is wonderful. So without further ado, rise up for you and enjoy this episode with Mary Hyatt. Well, welcome, Mary, to the Rise Up For You podcast. Hey, Leanne. Man, I am so excited to be here and have this conversation today. Me too. Absolutely. Well, let's dive right in. So share a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am a life coach, business consultant, primarily working with female entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's funny if I think about rewinding the clock, like eight, nine years ago, I would have had a hard time in that place imagining that I would be doing the work that I'm doing today. And I was in a very different place. I I think I do the work that I do because I have been through my own journey of what it looks like to go from what I like to call being asleep. And for me, what that looked like is that I was in a state of just real severe depression, anxiety, physical pain. I was dealing with autoimmune stuff. I was about 80 pounds heavier than I am now. And I was in a relationship and a marriage that was just, you know, dysfunctional. It was, it was dead. And I felt like my whole life kind of felt like that. I dealt with a lot of trauma and didn't know how to cope, didn't know how to handle all of that. And so the, the knowledge that I had at the time was to completely shut down to numb with food, with alcohol, with, you know, movies, whatever I could get my hands on at the time and completely disconnect from life. And it it was kind of this gradual, almost undetectable death where all of a sudden you wake up and you realize like, oh my God, this is, this is my life. And yet I am not here for it. And and time is just passing by. And I can remember sort of this like precious, precious moment. And I'm from the South. So I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So you'll hear me say y'all and you'll hear my (laughs) Southern accent. Um, But I have what we like to call the South, a come to Jesus moment. And that's when you just get real honest with yourself. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and having this moment where it was like all I could recognize was my eyes. Everything else about my physical appearance, my countenance, my essence was just gone. And I remember sort of making this commitment and pact with myself where I was like, you know what? There has got to be more to life than this. Surely I'm not here just to 
survive just to get through the days. And so from that moment on, I really made a conscious choice to figure out who I was to come back home to my authentic self, to learn to be alive again and ordered a bunch of books, started going to conferences and, you know, sort of the snowball effect. One thing led to another where I eventually did learn how to heal a lot of my past traumas, learn how important my mind was, learned how important my emotions were and what it looked like to show up as my authentic self. And now I get to help women in that journey every day through group coaching and one-on-one coaching. And I have a online membership group and we just get into like the real hard stuff of life and figure out ways to move and process through what life hands us and ultimately live a life that's, that's, where you're fully alive, you're actually thriving through it. Mm, wow, that's beautiful. First of all, I want to honor you and thank you for sharing that because I think you speak for so many of us, you know, so many uh, uh, men and women, but especially women go through these these different journeys in their life where there's either that, uh, you know, line in the sand moment or, you know, come to Jesus moment. It's just like, okay, enough is enough. I cannot... Yeah you know, keep living the way I'm living. So, um, and I know that's, uh, it's beautiful because as a coach, we share, um, you know, our, our journey informs who we are meant to help. Right. Yes. So absolutely. I I I always think of that, like whoever you are showing up to serve is really you and your own journey, like three to five years before. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like the reason that I can speak to women who are dealing with body image issues, who are dealing with uh, unsatisfying relationships, who are dealing with burnout and exhaustion and they're in their place of work and in their life. It's like, because I've been there. Mm -hmm. And there's something that's so powerful when we can empathize with people from a real deep place and say, like, I get you. I get how this is really, really hard. I get that struggle. I get that, that mind game that we're in so often of the self-deprecation and hating ourselves and, and mm-hmm. shaming ourselves. It's like, I have lived and breathed <laughs> that to such an extent. And it's like, okay, I am just a few steps ahead. Let mm-hmm. me show you that journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love that because I think sometimes, um, when I talk to people about, you know, life coaching, what I know is kind of a big bucket term now, and more and more people are understanding that, you know, the best of the best have coaches, right? Having some type of coach mentor support in your life is, is way more accepted now, way more mainstream than, you know, it was even, you know, a few years ago. But sometimes you hear people like, well, they're so messed up. How do they coach? Or they're, you know, they get their, st- but would you want a coach that's had a perfect life? <laughs> I want a coach yeah. that has been through their own struggles and get it and they move through it. And now they can show me how to move through it. Gosh, isn't that the truth? And <laughs> I think that that's one of sort of the tenets of the coaching work that I do is that it is okay to be human, mm-hmm. that we have permission to show up messy and that we all have this beautiful wisdom that we bring to the table and that wisdom, that resilience that we all have earned. And I really say that like very, uh, just perfectly in the sense that we have earned because of what we've gone through, because of the hard, because of the messy, we've, Mm -hmm. we've gained this wisdom. We have this ability to show up in hard situations 
And when you don't have that, when you sort of have been immune to challenging things or screwing things up and having to go back and learn how to apologize, learn how to ask for forgiveness, learn what it looks like to begin again, to me, that is uh, a badge of honor, ultimately, when we have gone through things that make us human, where we're willing to admit that we're human, that we sort of make peace with the fact that we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. To me, that is like authentic leadership. That is the ability to show up in a way that is so powerful where it's like, you know what? She's not in a bubble. Mm -hmm. She's not in a place where she hasn't been affected by life. And yet she's still been able to find a way through, which means I can find a way through as well. And it's very helpful to me. Like when I see people like Anne Lamont or Brene Brown or people like this that really vulnerably share about their journeys mm -hmm. and yet still speak with such authority and wisdom, it's so encouraging to know that, okay, they're human. I get to be human and we're all, you know, in this, in this together. And yet there are still beautiful ways and skills that we can get through that, those challenges that we end up facing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, again, so much more accepted and, and uh, through our journey, right, is where we get our strength. Through our struggles, we get our strength. You know, I believe there's no really failure. It's research, right? It's like learning. Yeah. Like, what can we learn from these things, you know? So who, how do you, um, a lot of questions. So how do you, when someone comes to you, right, are they coming to you specifically uh, because I know as a life and business coach, there's a lot of um, different people that will, will gravitate towards you. What are you yeah. finding more so is coming to you for support and, and what they need? Well, it's interesting. It's like, and I think this is true for all of us. What we think the problem is usually isn't the problem. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the secondary thing that's showing up and the root of it is altogether very different. And so sort of that secondary presenting quote unquote problem that people come to me for, um, it typically are things like, oh, they, maybe they want to change, um, have more energy, change their body, learn how to love their body more, accept their body, learn how to, um, balance life. I think that's, that's one of those big things is like, how do I juggle all the things that are happening? And I'm really stressed out from work. And a lot of times being, being a parent or being a spouse and having all these commitments, how do I do this and still find myself in the process? Hmm. And what's interesting is what I find is that once we start peeling back the layers and land, I'm sure you can probably like attest to this is, this is something that's really universal and true for all of us mm -hmm. is that when you get down to the root, down to the heart of the matter, it's like every single woman that I work with has this limiting belief that she is not enough, mm -hmm. that there is some inherent brokenness that she has um, been given and accepted as her truth. And so what I, what I find is that no matter what's showing up, whether it's relationship problems, body image issues, weight issues, um, work related problems, if you, if you go down to the root, there is that belief. I am not enough. There's something broken. There's something wrong with me mm -hmm. and all of our hustling, all of our mm -hmm. doing all of our effort is in sort of this direct response to fix this fatal flaw that we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And so we try to go prove and earn, you know, our worthiness and love. 
And that's where we get into trouble. And so it ends up being a journey through that much more than it is sort of these external things of habit or routine. It's like the reason you do the things that you do is not because you're, you lack discipline. Usually that's again, sort of a secondary thing that tends to take care of itself. Once you can address that deeper piece of the puzzle, which is this enoughness, this worthiness, Mm -hmm. this ability to see yourself as lovable without having to achieve, without having to be perfect, without having to get it all right. Mm, Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Because I think um, it's, it's kind of that busyness addiction, right? It's like, let me just prove that I'm worthy by doing all this stuff or nurturing and taking care of people or but yeah. inherently, yeah, you're worthy without all of that. You're worthy because you're just a divine, infinite being, and you are worthy. But again, life throws us all the curveballs, right? That that yeah. you know, and these beliefs get formed in childhood, and and then we go on. So sometimes I know as. Um, you know, I hear uh, clients or people say like, well, I don't need the woo-woo stuff. I don't need that stuff. I just need to just tell me, you know, how to whatever, do a podcast, you know, tell me how to right. to do a funnel, tell me how to do this or, or build a business. But, you know, and sometimes I think where some coaches do fall down there is that it's all about, they start with the action. Okay, do these action steps. But if you don't get to the alignment and the awareness and the awakening first, People aren't going to do that. There's going to be so much resistance and so much, you know, that it's, they're going to spin their wheels and get more self-doubt, feel better about themselves because they're not implementing, right? All of the online courses and seminars and all the beautiful things we go to, right? But then they're not implementing because of that inner gunk, right? Gosh, I mean, Mm. it's, you said it so perfectly because I think that that tends to be so much of the issue. We don't have a knowledge issue. I mean, we have more knowledge than we've ever had. (laughs) You can Google anything. You can YouTube anything. You can figure out how to do a podcast. You can figure out how to write a book. I mean, all of these things are available to us. Mm -hmm. And yet what keeps us stuck, Mm -hmm. what keeps us, you know, from actually executing on those things or not even so much executing as it is following through or being consistent with something is a belief system. I mean, it really is sort of that, that first level issue that's going on. And a lot of times that's wrapped up with our beliefs about what we're allowed to have the Mm. goodness that we are allowed to have in our lives. So it's like, for example, a lot of times the, the blocks that people end up dealing with are around this issue of success, how much success, how much happiness, how much goodness are they able to tolerate? Because most of us sort of have this like window of tolerance where we're, we're okay with it being good-ish, you know, right. like, like kind of okay, but not great. And you see this, like when people enter into relationships that are really life-giving, all of a sudden they go, wait a minute, is it, is this too good to be true? You know, sort of like, when is the rug going to get pulled out from under me? When is the other shoe going to drop? And we sort of have this uh, challenging time accepting and being present with this goodness because we, we our window of tolerance doesn't account for great. And mm-hmm. so it's uncomfortable. It's like, what's interesting to me is that there is so much discomfort for people in being truly fulfilled and happy. Because if you think about it, we're not taught that. We know how to handle stress. We know how to handle hard. We know how to handle trauma. And when I say know how to handle it, I mean it's familiar to us. Mm-hmm. We might not have the skill set to actually process through it in a healthy way, but it's it's what we know. 
Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when people start kind of going down the spectrum of towards more happiness, more fulfillment, more success, that ends up being like way outside the comfort zone. And so you start seeing these self-sabotaging behaviors or what looks like resistance mm-hmm. or procrastination or life just gets too busy or somebody starts getting sick or drama enters into their life and it pushes them back on that continuum to where they feel comfortable, which is just, you know, good enough, that kind of goodish place. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, but not great. And so in order to get beyond that, that's where you have to go in and work on some of those mindset belief systems that are the operating system that we're running running with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're basically trying to outdo millions of years of programming, right? And survival yeah. mechanism that, you know, it's, it's just uh, hardwired in us that, you know, the comfort zone, like I said, is a great, you know, analogy, right? Because it's like, even though it's not what I want, even though it's, you know, not that great, uh, this is either what I feel I deserve, this is either just familiar, yeah. like all of those things that, that kind of run on the subconscious level, right? That are just yeah. playing out and why people, like, why do I keep attracting the same person? Or why, you know, do I keep losing jobs? Or why do I, you know, I'm addicted to knowledge and credibility where I still have to keep, you know, getting all of this, you know, stuff and books and I need another class and I need another thing before I'm ready when it's like, no, you're ready. Right. So how do you, what, what's like one thing that you would, you know, someone comes to you with that type of of story, what's one thing that you would say like, okay, this is the process. Yeah. So I think that it starts with the first piece of the puzzle to me is always awareness. Mm -hmm. So when we're not aware that we're operating in these patterns or these belief systems, we can't really do much to change it sort of like operating blind. So the first step that I have my clients work through is getting curious about their internal dialogue, getting curious about how they think about situations. And I love instructing my clients to journal. So we do a lot of journal work because I think that that really helps up the level of awareness of just kind of getting your thoughts on paper and being able to see them in front of you. So this first piece is, okay, what am I thinking or what am I feeling? Like kind of having this coming from disconnected or disassociated kind of way of being to let me become embodied. Let me actually go through life in a way that is present where I am noticing my mental response, my mental interpretation, my mental um, conversation that I'm having, and also the emotional conversation that I'm having. How does something make me feel? Mm -hmm. Where do I feel that in my body? What does that sensation um, feel like? Is it heavy? Is it dense? Does it feel like tingling? You know, really kind of getting people back into their bodies. And that level of awareness or that curiosity gives us something to work with. So that's the first piece is always that Mm. awareness. And then the second to me is kind of giving ourselves permission to have the human experience. So oftentimes when we become aware, our knee-jerk reaction is to go into shame. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be feeling this. Mm-hmm. If I was more disciplined, I would do something different. If I was just more spiritual, if I meditated more, if I whatever, then you know I wouldn't have these thoughts or I wouldn't be stuck in these patterns. I wouldn't keep attracting the same person, whatever. Mm-hmm. So t- we tend to kind of turn on ourselves in that moment. So this is where I love to say, let's come at this now with non-judgment. 
from a place of true, like curiosity, unconditional loving energy, and just kind of almost say to ourselves, isn't that interesting? Like, that's so interesting that I think that way or that I feel that way or this is triggering me or whatever it might be. So coming from a place that it's okay to be human, let's remove the judgment and the shame. Mm -hmm. And now let's look at it. And the third piece to me is really kind of choosing and questioning, do I want to continue to believe this? Mm. Is this actually giving me what I want? And this is where we get to challenge those beliefs, challenge those internal biases that we have that are learned, that have been given to us, and almost in a way like hit the pause button in our thinking and say, wait a second, I don't know that I want to believe that if I don't get this job promotion, I'm a, I'm a no good, nobody, <laughs> unworthy of love. Like that may be my first initial thought and what's been programmed in me, but I don't like that setup. So I, I would like to change that. And so sort of that, that moment of questioning, of deciding, hang on a second, I don't like this. I don't like this setup. And then that's where we come into this fourth piece, which is to redefine that internal dialogue, to mm. create new stories, to create new narratives, new interpretations. And to me, this is where it gets fun because this is where we take our power back. This is where mm. we get to decide and choose okay, if I could design life in whatever way that I would want to, that sets me up for the best case scenario, or it's rigged in my favor, what would I want to believe? What would I want to choose to see? How would I want to interpret what's happening right now to my benefit versus to my demise? And so it's really like reconstructing that and beginning to shift and change that narrative where eventually over time, the more and more people do this, that becomes their default way of thinking. And this old way that is, you know, not life-giving begins to become quieter, sort of turn the volume down. And this new voice of empowerment becomes louder and louder and that becomes a dominating voice. So it's sort of like, you know, a little bit of a challenge of awareness, permission, uh, questioning, and then reconstruction. Oh, that's... Great. I love that. That really is so powerful. And, and yeah, just asking yourself those questions. It's just because they say what the, the brain doesn't like to leave a question unanswered, right? So it forces you to be like, okay, what is that? Because sometimes I feel it is even hard for people to identify what they want or what brings me joy, what, you know, because they're kind of in that yeah. just mediocre kind of way of just being that's familiar. So I think those, uh, those steps are amazing. That's great. Well, let's move on to our power section. So I have a few questions for you. Awesome. Um, what is one book that's had a massive impact on you? My go-to book, I give it to every single client that I have, is a book called Loveability by Robert Holden. He has been a mentor of mine. He's a Hay House author and is a, um, a Brit and he's precious and he writes a lot about uh, success, authentic success and how to come from a heart centered place. But his book, Loveability, really answers that question of I am not enough. Mm. And what does it look like to define my own sense of worthiness and lovability? And it is it is foundationally life changing on every level. I highly, highly recommend it. Great. Awesome. What is one quote that you live by? So. 
for me, and it's, and I don't know that I would say that I live by it in the sense that it's like a tenant, but it's, it's a quote that for me, I'm consistently coming back to, to challenge my knee jerk reaction to try to go earn love. And it's a quote by Rumi. Mm -hmm. And he says, your task is not to seek for love and, uh, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And I just Ooh. love that so much. Like our job is not to go out and search for love. It's noticing and finding those walls that we've put up in, in response to not receiving it. So like challenging those barriers. Mm. To love. Wow. That's powerful. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you could leave the world with one final message, one golden nugget, what would it be? Something that I always say, this kind of comes back to this idea of your enoughness is you are lovable just because you breathe. Mm. And that is something I, I teach and I preach, which is means you are lovable just because you exist, just because you breathe, which is involuntary. And so you cannot earn love and you cannot lose love that is inherent in who you are from the day you're born. So that would be something that I would want to instill in every human being. I think that would change the world. Deeply. Mm, totally would change the world. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> um, okay. One more question, but before I get to that, how can we find you and support you? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, maryhyatt.com. All my stuff is there. I have a podcast myself called the living fully alive podcast. All the links are on the website. I have an episode every week and then I'm super active on Instagram. So come over there, hang out with me, send me a DM, Mary G Hyatt, which is also on my um, website. You can find me there through Instagram as well. Okay. Awesome. Great. Okay. Last question. As you know, we are rise up for you. So when you hear that phrase, what does that mean to you? It's just such a, such a powerful saying. And to me, rising up for, for me is about bravery. It's about like, when I think about rising up, it is about being an advocate for my worthiness, for being willing to be seen in the messy and like rising up sort of that vulnerability of I am, I am safe to be seen. I am safe to shine and all of my imperfection, it is okay to be an advocate for myself and my worthiness. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Mary. This has been just such a powerful episode and I know that it's served our audience and I love the work that you're doing in the world. It's so needed right now. And um, yeah, yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.